You're listening to Living a Triggered Life Podcast with Keith Maskell. Roxanne yeah. Maskell. Oh, yeah. We're back again. Roxanne, how are you today? How you doing? Uh, I'm groovy. Thank doing you good. for asking. How's your hair? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know last time we talked about. <laughs> Roxanne got a new haircut and she's trying to keep it. So she's doing. She was doing a good job. How's, well, how are you doing? It, how you doing? Wait, right now? it's a little bit more than just a new haircut mm-hmm. because I found this place that specializes in curly hair. Right, and I've never found a place that specializes in cur- curly hair. Right. Well, and let me just back up off of that. Um, there is a place in Cambridge that specializes in curly hair, which right. is this, we're talking about. Mass, we're talking about Massachusetts right now. Yeah, that's that's, that's kind of where we simply errands, Cambridge. Right. Shout right. out. Right, big shout out to Scooby. She has been in business what twenty plus years. Yeah, twenty plus years. She's. I mean, she's off the hook. And she specializes in curly and natural hair. Right. But I think that my curls were a little soft Mm -hmm. and my hair has been changing. Mm. So this other place also specializes in curly hair. Right. And it seems like, it seems, I only been there once. Mm -hmm. It seems like they know what, they know how to manage my little soft curls. Right. So what they were able to do besides the cut was maintain my natural curl and hydrate it. Right. Now that's something very different. And I'm not saying that Erin wasn't able to do that. She Mm -hmm. definitely can do that. Right. It just came out differently. I think Mm -hmm. they just have a different technique. That's right. Right. Yeah. So it's, you know, you know, Keith, hair is a big deal. Oh, no question. You know, my mom was a hairdresser. So I've said that many times before, like I don't play with it. Yeah, it's a big Shoot. deal to women, right. men. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, it's just a big deal. No it's question. part of our visual identity. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I mean, there's so many people that walk around with busted haircuts. I just can't <laughs> believe it. Most NBA players, um, you just have terrible haircuts and you got a lot of money. That makes no sense to me. Like, I think the hair should be perfect, but you're still letting the, <laughs> another dude on the team cut the hair. But anyway... Um, Thank you so much for the check-in about your hair, and we know that stuff is good. But let's get let's 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 get into it. Um, what what did we talk about last time? So last time we talked about when we initially made our disclosures, right, to mm-hmm. the important people mm-hmm. in our lives, right. And when we talked about that journey. Does that what mean it like anybody like? who would listen? Because sometimes that's a situation. I mean, yeah. I mean, right. I, I guess. I mean, it was more about. What your journey was mm-hmm. around actually hearing your voice, right? About what happened to you, right? Yeah, that's that's the best. It was best sort of irregardless of who it was, right? But more of how and what it meant for you, right? As you move along in your in your life, right? Or in our individual lives, right? And, also, and so right. we shared that with each other and with our listening audience, basically, right. so they can understand what that was like. Right. I think today we're going to talk a little bit more about what our relationships mm-hmm. were like with our um, with the important our people. Right. Yeah, family, I mean, family, important, family, important, important people. people, and I don't want to leave like anybody that. out. Right. And also, know? too, that has some effect on how that some has some effect on us as well. Say more. What do you mean? Because if there's there's things that are uncomfortable, if we're around family and it's uncomfortable for you, it's uncomfortable for me, you know, and, or if you're, you're being triggered um, around uh, your family because of because of the abuse, because of talking about it, or folks not dealing with it, it is something that as your as your as your partner um, that affects me, too. 
you know, because I have to try yeah. to keep you safe as much as I can, but also navigate the situation, you know, which can be tricky. Yeah. And that yeah. goes for, you know, and that kind of goes, that kind of yeah. goes for both of us because we're really protective of, of each other. We're like, we, we talk about each other like a pack of wild hyenas. Like, that's how, yeah. that's like, that's how, I, that's how we are with each other. Um, and you may not see it coming. And you might get set up. Like, that's usually how it happens. Like, Roxanne could be the one to be like, <laughs> Roxanne's like could be the loud one and things like that. And then you turn and I'm standing right next to you. You know what I mean? Or yeah. maybe the or maybe the other way around. I'm the one that's loud and Roxanne's not saying nothing. And then she come right and just roll up on you. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. I I just, I mean, the way we talk about it in our relationship in order to know what we're talking about and be on the same page, we usually talk about it as buffers, right? Right. I need you to be my buffer right, right oh, now. No like, we're clear. Right. We right. use oh, yeah, that no word. Question. We're very clear. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you are a buffer, and right. I need you to play your role right. in order for me to function right. around my people right, right now. Right. Yeah, and that's, I mean, and that's the yeah. way, I mean, think about that. I mean, that's just a great way to communicate, you know, about a situation like that. They're like, look, this is going to be difficult. I don't know how, I don't know where, but look. I need you to be a buffer yeah. between between me and my family. And that's good communication and, right. and effective because mm-hmm. sometimes I would suspect that people who are living triggered lives together, right. when they don't communicate that way right. and then they're around their prospective families, they get triggered right. and then that trigger plays a role exactly. in the couple. Right. Exactly. And then nobody identifies right. exactly. that it's not really about start, right. A and B. Exactly. It's really about all the other alphabets all around you. Exactly. And that's why doing this podcast is so important. Right. So that we can be clear about how this stuff, how this trauma mm-hmm. impacts relationship. Exactly. When you're not clear. Right. And I think that's, I think that's great. I mean, that's one thing that we try to do when we go into situations that are difficult or whatever. We always talk. We always talk before we go into. We situations. have a game plan. We have a game plan. We know. We know how we doing yeah. it. A lot, a lot of people. We're the know Celtics. <laughs> no, nah, we might be other people. Um, <laughs> we might be another team. Um, but no, regardless, reg- I'm not I'm being a hater. Regardless, but we, you know, we strategize on how to deal with people in situations. We're always, we're always a team, and I think that's incredibly, that's incredibly important. And sometimes that's hard to have that conversation. Like I don't know what's going to happen, but. Here's what I need, right? And so in some ways there's, there's even an expectation that's put out of, you know, this is what I need, but still we'll debrief it after and, 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 and talk about it, you know, and try to see how if there was a way that one of us could have dealt with it better or we could have worked together and stuff that like that too. Definitely that definitely does happen, but not as often with us. Right. And that's because a lot of times, and I'm sorry, I'm just going to keep referring to everybody else besides me and you, which is right. A and B. Yes. The alphabet I'm gonna, Yes. Okay. The alphabets, the rest of the alphabets, mm-hmm. sometimes are very predictable oh, in yeah, their no behavior. Question. Oh, yeah, no question. And so we know what some of right. that predictability is Correct. because people who have been traumatized mm-hmm. figure out how to keep themselves safe in right. every situation possible mm-hmm. uh, when they're able to. Right. I want to make sure that people understand there's a willing and there's an able. Right. And sometimes people are willing to f- work within their environment to keep themselves safe. Right. And sometimes they're not able. Right. And and that's the thing with, with that's the hardest thing with families and roles and and things like that. It makes it really difficult because you fall it's hard for us not to fall back into the role that we always played. It's difficult. 
It's hard. Well, that role that we always played is never about keeping ourselves safe. Correct. Right. I just want to be clear because right. no, it's no, not that's... just a role. Right. Because we always are going to play a role in our family, whatever mm. the role is. Right. And so my role in my family, hands down, has always been the one speaking truth about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like calling it, calling what I see. And that disrupts the whole family unit in a lot of different ways. So let me ask a question about that. Do you think that's something that you do outside of your family when you don't feel safe? I don't, I don't know. I definitely do something when I don't feel safe. And whatever I do is not always the healthiest thing. Right. But it's like, but it's sometimes like, sometimes we, we, you know, we'll have conversations and things like that and whatever. You're like, well, nobody else is going to say it. And does that correlate back to. Sometimes it's just a level. Yeah. Maybe. Sometimes it's a, you caught me off guard with that question. I wasn't ready. I'm sorry. I go to my interview mode. I'm sorry. Yeah. I wasn't ready. That's why you heard the silence, y'all. It's real. I think that speaking my truth or, as my students say, the T. Mm-hmm. Um, people, everybody says, not, not, it's not about your students. Everybody says the T, just so you know. Whatever. I'm just, I'm just come, keeping you up to speed, homie. Ugh, you're always trying you're gonna to You're going to have Black Twitter coming after you. You better be careful. <laughs> Black Twitter's coming after you. I think that I do what feels comfortable, and I have never felt comfortable or safe when something is going on in a space and nobody's talking about it, I'm completely distracted. I have a hard time focusing. Sometimes I shut down. Sometimes I'm just distracted. And sometimes I just speak. So those have been my overall choices. I don't think it's the same thing as what I do with my family. I think it might seem similar to other people like yourself that this is what I do, but the role I play in my family is very different from the role that I play outside of my family. And I think that's true for everyone, even when it seems similar. Right. Okay. I just, I just thought I'd, I just thought I'd ask because I mean it's very interesting what you're saying about the how uncomfortable you feel when someone is not, you know, like you're in a room with people and they're not really the stuff that needs to be said and nobody's saying it. You know what I mean? Like, well, but that's that. But that goes to my that it, I think it goes a little to how my identity was developed. I promised myself that I was not gonna keep secrets the way I did about the abuse I was suffering. Right. But that's, but right. And it's all how we write. I mean, that's a, I mean, I, I agree with that. And to some that would mean the elephant in the room. Yeah. But that's not, but that's not personal to you though. I'm not saying it is, but but you you asked me a personal question. No, I did. I did it. But I'm saying the elephant in the room doesn't mean that you got to say it. That's all. I mean, okay. That's where we're going. That's where we're going. You know, I got that side right. <laughs> you got that side right. You got that side. She was like, 
<sighs> this ninja. <laughs> That's what that was right there. You saw the way she's looking at me right now. We ain't got the camera in the room on this one, but y'all saw that face. Oh, we. But um, so thank you, thank you for answering that, Roxanne. Um, I know before I was talking about that I hadn't. I was trying to remember whether I told my mom or not. I don't believe so, but I, you know, not you know, I disclosed a lot later. Um, I disclosed to you, and I didn't really start talking to my family until I was older. It was a situation that, that just, you know, an unfortunate situation um, that I was dealing with. Um, and, you know, people pushing me towards, you know, trying to have a relationship with somebody and I wasn't really trying to have it. And people kept pushing me, pushing me, pushing me. And so I was like, look, here's what the situation is. You're talking about the alphabets. Mm-hmm. The alphabets are trying to, like, you know, always push in and trying to get this. And I was like, look. And who is that really about? That wasn't about me. Right. It had nothing to do with me at all. You know what I'm saying? But, um, you know, and then I, then I started to kind of talk about it. You know, actually talk about the male. Because I had talked about the female with you. Yeah. But I hadn't really talked about it otherwise. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, you know, I was kind of, um, you know, I was moving back to, moving back, you know, to the, to where I grew up and, and stuff like that and whatever. And then, you know, it just sparked, you know, sometimes it happens. You know, you, you, memories come back. You could be walking down the street somewhere and whatever and all of a sudden something comes. And so when it came back... You know, then I had to, to, you know, I had to disclose to you that I hadn't, you know, talked about it, you know, and that, you know, that I that had somebody else that had happened to me twice, which was incredibly difficult, you know, because I felt ashamed. I felt like, you know, like, but I have to, I got to tell her because it's affecting me and it's affecting us. That was the number one thing is that it was affecting us because of how I was, how I was, uh, how I was acting in general, just complete because I was shut a, down. Complete shutdown. Complete. It was like shutdown. a shell of the person. Just shut down. Just and I couldn't even down. see it. Yeah, I was complete shut down. I couldn't, I couldn't even, even see that you were shut down. I, I was. I didn't I know what was going. Couldn't on. function. You know what I mean? Pick up that box. What box? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like pick I was, up a box. Yeah, I didn't pick up. I didn't. You pack. didn't pack anything. Yeah, I didn't pack anything. <laughs> Not even my. Did I pack? I, and had I didn't pack, even know why. I had to pack what? the sneakers though. I didn't even know what was going on. I had to pack on. the kicks. Mm. The kicks were packed, and that was about it. I you know even, what I mean? I don't even remember that. The kicks it. were packed, but I think that was that was about it. And that was difficult. <sighs> you know, that was difficult to talk to you about it and, and things like that. And but once I told, once I told my family, it was really interesting because everybody scattered. Nobody wanted to deal with it. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, seriously, everybody's... I don't mean to laugh, but... Everybody's scattered. It's just... What? The visual of it is Pause. interesting. Everybody just, like, ran away. And no one wanted to really talk about well, it. people can't deal with... It's a lot. People can't. Like, it's a lot. My my mother, she right. ran away, too, even though she didn't move. Right. <laughs> she ran away, like, right. in her mind. <laughs> right. Like, even though she you. didn't even move <laughs> I can see an you. inch. You still here, <laughs> you know? Um, but, yeah, everybody just scattered. They didn't want to hear it. You know what I mean? They didn't, they didn't want to hear it. You know, and when I really, you know, I started to get healthy, started, you know, try to get therapy and things like that and really just kind of talk about it and just being my truth, um, you know, about it, um, you know, and I disclosed when I was in therapy, I disclosed and stuff like that. And, you know, um, that was incredible. When did you start therapy? 
I, and wait, wait. I don't mean like date. I mean after you, uh, after your initial disclosure. I think it's important for the audience to know. Oh, after I told you, you mean? Yeah. Oh man. Was no, it like five years or something? No, it was longer. Why? I was afraid. What were you afraid of? Saying it again, talking about it. Saying it out loud. Saying it out loud. Being ashamed the fact that I didn't that I didn't that I didn't tell you, and that it was um, because of the relationship I had with the person that it was affecting us. In some so ways. you felt shame yeah. that you didn't tell me. I should, yeah, I felt ashamed. I felt, I felt ashamed that it that it happened in general, but mm. I felt ashamed that I didn't tell you because we. I mean, no. I mean, let's let's keep it one hundred. This was the love of my life. This is the woman that came, and you know, we we rode together. You know what I mean? We the ones that had the Blue Night Special talks where we got real and told everything that we could tell each other. You know, we were the ones that banded together against, you know, it was like us against the world in so many in so many ways. You know what I mean? Like like this this woman has my soul. You know what I'm saying? Like she could look at my eyes and see my toes. <laughs> And I didn't, you know what I mean? And then I didn't, and I didn't, you know, felt like, I felt like I almost like I didn't have the courage to tell her. You know what I'm saying? So it was tough. Mm. It was hard. I felt, you know, I just, uh, and you know, I felt like I tried, but I, I just, I just didn't have it. You know what I mean? And so that was really, that was incredibly tough for me. That was incredibly, mm. incredibly tough. Um, but the family scattered. Family just scattered. Mm. Family didn't, you know, and it's, it's, of course, it's tough to deal with. I don't know. I didn't expect anybody to be like, Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, well, I'm sorry that happened. Um, so where do we go from here? You know, mm-hmm. like that wasn't even the situation. Like, you know, like no one wanted to, no one really wanted to deal with it, you know, because there was, yes, there was issue between me and the person and, and things like that. And people thought it was just other reasons, you know, because there was just other stuff that was going on. We were interacting that people just completely thought that, that was what the situation was. Also, there were lies being told as well. I'm going to keep it 100. There were lies being told to keep the family away from me from because I could possibly tell the truth. And so that was something that was really difficult, really difficult which would as well. Out. Right, right. So it was like I got which, alienated. Which would have been an outing. Right. There was, right, it was like I got alienated. I didn't even know I got alienated until, like, people would come into town and they wouldn't call me and stuff like that. I'd be like, yo, what, why didn't oh. I'd be like, yo, what's up with that? That's part of the, the let's be real, that, that dynamic is the power and control. Right, exactly. All about the power and control. But you know what? Let me let me say this, though. Big shout out to the fam, though, because, you know, I was able to really try to, you know, forge my own relationships. You know what I mean? And really kind of repair those relationships and talk to folks yeah. and, and stuff like that. So, And people are really receptive to that. So big love to fam, for sure. That's what's up. Because, um, I, I mean, that just meant, you know, we, we were able to, you know, to build. Um, on a really good level and stuff like that. So I, I'm really, I, I'm really happy, and and I kind of cherish that that I was able to, you know, to kind of reconnect on my own on my own terms. Um, but yeah, nah, that's folks, awesome. Yeah, but folks, I mean, but folks didn't want to hear it, you know. But and people, I, like, let's just be real. People don't know what to do with that. Well, of course. I mean, it's true. And then you might be dealing with people who are also have been victimized mm-hmm. in the same way. Yep. So then it brings up all that stuff. Exactly. But, or maybe they haven't right. disclosed. Maybe they never told anybody. Right. Maybe they right. haven't talked right. about it. I always, I always say, I don't Just... know what other people's. I don't know what other people's stories are. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, and I can't take that. I can't take that for granted. Nope. 
Nope. And I think that one thing that I'll say about that is um, they do what they can do, mm. and you got to just figure out how you keep yourself grounded. Mm. I think that's well. I mean, and I, I don't that's mean well you said. specifically. Right, exactly. I think that's well said because I think there may be an expectation sometimes of when we tell family and thing that we expect them to do something. And the reality is, we just I don't mean, know what's going to happen. Don't get me wrong. I have a. I have always had a great relationship with my mom. I love my mom to pieces. She yeah, was a primary great. provider right. in our family. Right. I beautiful. mean, she she does the damn thing, and no she question. always has. No question. But when it came to this situation, right. and I don't know, I can't speak for her because she doesn't talk about it with me, right. but I think she was just lost. Yeah. She had no idea what to do. Mm-hmm. And didn't know who to talk to or where to go right. or Probably like ashamed, she just yeah and guilt to talk about it and, and she just like didn't I think it wasn't her lack of action wasn't to hurt me mm-hmm. it just was right and and also too I mean it's also too you know and and how did her story her own story play a role yeah what how, is her story right what how did her own story play play a role in that and I think that's the yeah. I mean that's the one thing that. You know, it's, it's hard to think about. It's hard to think about what, what our family stories are and how that comes to play in how they interact with each other and how they would interact in a, during yeah. a situation like this. That's yeah. one thing that's not, you know, that's talked about. You know, I know my mom's story in some ways. You know, some of my dad's story I kind of know in that side of the family. Some of that stuff, there's still I'm trying to piece that together through the work that I'm doing that we're doing now. Yeah. You know, but that definitely plays such a big such a big role yeah you know and and someone had asked a question about you know we were talking about something during um the after during triggered and the uh talk back and it's like in atlanta in atlanta and you know i said something about uh you know do our parents not tell us about their story to protect us or to protect themselves them. I mean, you know I'm, I mean? Just, I'm just going to answer the question. I think like, it's them. I mean, because because I mean, historically, we know uh, historically, we know it's been a survival tactic for folks for a well, long time in terms of secrets with, or not telling some things. This, you know what this I mean? Tra- this kind of trauma mm-hmm. is intergenerational. No question. And preach. We talked about in Atlanta, we talked about how this intergenerational trauma just gets passed down. And we got into a conversation. I don't know where we were. Maybe we were on our way back from Atlanta. Um, Maybe we were in New York. We talked about how everybody knows who are the people in their family or their right. community right. and nobody right. says anything. Right, right. We were having that conversation. But like, sometimes right. they'll be protective and right. preventive no for, for their specific children. Right. No question. But they don't go tell right. their cousin mm-hmm. or their their sister right. to and protect their kids from so and so. Right. And the brother was talking about, you know, of course, shame to the family, yeah. shame in the name and things like that. But be you know, but be very clear, like, look, if you'll be around Uncle Bill um, make sure that you just, you know, if Uncle you're Bill is nobody. He just made up that name. That's true. There's nobody. I don't have Uncle Bill. There's no Uncle Bill. Somebody <laughs> just got be Uncle clear. Bill. Yeah, but like <laughs> we're not we're not out in nobody. Right. Here. If you like, if you if you're around Uncle Bill, just make sure that you aren't, aren't, aren't by yourselves with him. 
Yeah. Like just clear, like clear instructions. But but the family didn't come together, right. to have a conversation about right. Uncle Bill. Right. What is that? Yeah. So what happens is there, and we learned this at GSU. Right. Georgia State University. Right. Big shout out to Chip Greenwich and Greatest, uh, Greatest Minds Mind Society. Right. And all the uh, college students that we spoke to. Right. Big shout at, out to um, GSU. Right. That we understand that there, and this came up in that conversation mm-hmm. about Triggered. Right. That there were a multitude of family members, the right. children in, fa- right. in the family, right. that were abused. Right. And everybody knew who right. the person was because right. they did it to the adult, to the right. people who are adults now. Right. And then did it to the children who are children now. Wow. And it just goes on and on and on. Right. So we talked about that and we brought up, I brought up this whole notion about, isn't that about the post-slavery legacy that we live in? Mm. Because we don't want to have others come into our communities mm. and take our people mm. out of our community because mm. we're being protective. Mm. That's what we learned to do mm. from slavery. Right. But we had to do something. Right. We got to do something else. Right. Because what we're doing is not working. Right. Right. And we, right. Exactly. It's all about it. But also too, is really getting people help. Getting folks help too. It's not about throwing them away or anything like that or whatever. Yeah. We got to get, we have to get people help. You everybody know, needs everybody support. Need, everybody needs support. Because the reality, and we can talk about this at one of our other podcasts, but right. I'm sure you probably have a story too about the research that we ended up doing mm-hmm. to figure out how did this get come to be to me? Right. What was this oh, journey yeah, no that I became right. vi- the person that was victimized? Right. And what what was the story? What was what came down into generationally right. to me. Yeah. I and see. I know I did my own research mm. and I have some bits and pieces of right. stories right. of, you know, complex trauma Correct. and violence right. and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, and let, let's just be really clear about something that we need to talk about that we're talking about right now. Right. Silence yes. is the biggest yes. trauma Ooh. that people of color, brown people right. suffer from. Right. That silence mm-hmm. is killing us. Yeah, it is. There's no, there is, there is no question. And that was the biggest thing that was our also a survival tactic for us was silence. You know what I mean? And now it's manifested something to to actually hurt us. You know, before it it, it helped us get through those yeah. tough moments, slaves getting through, and, yeah. and after slavery and things like that. that. It's helped us get to. It helped us get to places that we that we needed to get to yeah. as a people. And now the silence, you know, is 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 destroying it's destroying us in a lot in some situations. And our babies, right? And our babies. You know what I mean? I mean, Roxanne, this has been this has been this has been great. Um, I think we need to continue continue this. Yeah. Um, in another podcast talking about the effects on our family yeah. and, and, and then how that relate to relates to our our relationship. Yes. Uh, but thank you guys so much for listening to Living a Triggered Life podcast with Keith Maskell. And Roxanne Maskell. This has been really great. And uh, we'll uh, we'll see you guys next time. And remember, I'm no longer thriving. I messed it up, didn't I? You did. I'm no longer surviving. I'm thriving. I had to, had to, you know, help you out there, but that's okay. I think you got, you got overwhelmed with the conversation. 
Thanks, Roxanne. I appreciate it. Got my back. Got you. Remember, you're no longer surviving. You're thriving.